Ashley on a Monday. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at kintech.net. Uh, Dan Murphy's going to join us in just a couple minutes here, correct? So that gives us time to talk about, well, people always want to know, what's it like at the Halford and Bruff show? We don't Behind the scenes, during the breaks, how does the sausage get made? They actually don't ask that last one. Um, we were talking at the break. Unless they're asking about my days as working at the hot dog factory. Actually, that's true. You right, did yeah. used to so That question sausage. does get asked. Sausage get made. Yeah. <laughs> it's you not pretty. <laughs> Folks, it is not pretty. Um, we were talking about, one, traffic. Uh, shout out to everyone that's listening to the Halford and Bruff show currently stuck in traffic, as we understand it. Uh, the Alex Fraser Bridge is not pretty this morning. There's a vehicle incident where I think it collided with the median. So that's Correct. that's bottleneck both ways. Downtown, there's a police incident and a road closure on Howe. I think it's I think it's Howe and Hastings. So be on the lookout for that. So if you're stuck in your car in traffic, Halford and Bruff will bring the lighter side, not just of sports, but life to you. Because the other thing we were talking about at the break, the Golden Bachelor, because we heard the ad for it during. Yeah, the break. yeah. I have no I had no idea what this was. Mm-hmm. I'm like the golden bachelor. I just assumed it was Brendan Bachelor dipped in gold. Like, you know what they do in the Swedish hockey league when the, the guy gets yeah. the MVP? All right, people, get on your Photoshop work here. Yeah, Let's I, go. I think Elias Pettersson, they dipped him in gold one year when he won MVP. No, it's like a silver fox. This is Ron a. Ron Francis is actually the golden bachelor. Right. So the golden bachelor, <laughs> Jason knew it right away. He's like, no, 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 that's like a mature prospect for dating. So the bachelor franchise, yeah, yeah. which I guess has fallen on hard times, that television I, series. I don't know. I, yeah. I think the Bachelorette does quite a bit better than the Bachelor. Right. So. so they needed to inject some life into it, and the way to do that was to put uh, a septuagenarian in the role. So this guy's seventy-one years old, and I just got to say, this guy looks unreal, unreal for seventy-one. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not going to pick like a guy like my hips out. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> like Wilford Brimley look like like the Golden Bachelor? That would be tremendous television. But instead, there's this 71-year-old putting me to shame, I might add. Mm. So the headline is, looking for love and a pickleball partner. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's nice. I, I, I think this begins on Thursday night, if you guys are looking for some viewing that's not Thursday night. Football. I'm not. I'm not. Or if the Canucks game gets lopsided again, Golden Bachelor, Thursday night. Murph could be a Golden Bachelor. He could. Joining us except now. He's, except the only problem, I suppose, is, is he's not a bachelor. Yeah. <laughs> Key element to the bachelor thing. <laughs> Being a bachelor. Joining us now, Sportsnet's very own Dan Murphy here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What? Nothing. How do we how, how do we feel about pickleball? Uh, pickleball. Bruff, awesome. Bruff, I love play, it. Bruff, all, not just golden, not a bachelor. Mm-hmm. Golden Bruff uh, plays pickleball regularly. It's like tennis with cocktails. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, you don't seem high on it. Are you sound skeptical? Well, I, I, I know. I, I, you know, maybe at some point I still haven't given up on tennis, mm-hmm. but I can see how that's a little more physically demanding. You know, especially singles. Than there are some pickleball. rolled ankles for sure. You don't really. There's not a lot of singles pickleball. Like it, it's a no. better game when it's doubles. Yeah, and from what I've watched too, it's always just you hit short, short, short until someone makes a mistake and then you try to hammer it at them, basically. Yeah, you got to have good hands. 
So my my short game does not. Uh, you know, you've seen my short game on the golf course, so it's it's sometimes a challenge in pickleball. So your touch is not all that deft. It is that. not, but that's why I need the cocktails during the pickleball. Um, Murph, do you make anything of last night's game? Halford and I were arguing about it. Um, he's Halford's is basically willing to throw that game out entirely. In fact, he's mostly upset that the Flames ran up the score. I took it a little bit of a different direction, and I said there was a few young guys that had an opportunity to do something, and a lot of them didn't. I'm probably more, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to read a ton into it um, because of the lineup that was dressed uh, for both teams, if we're, we're being honest here. Um, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen a little more out of some of those players. Uh, I mean, I think uh, only a few kind of stood out in a positive, a positive light. Um, you know, I was actually starting to wonder like how, you know, I, I don't even know what the vet rule is anymore in preseason about how they even covered that, but I, I suppose <laughs> they did it with Matt Irwin and, yeah. uh, and the like. So I, I'm not going to read a ton, um, <clears throat> you know, what were the shots? 2018 after two for Vancouver and the score was, you know, uh, seven, nothing. I, you know, I, I think that I guess the disappointing thing is you'd like to see a little bit more from the guys that were dressed that, you know, are trying to make an impression, you know, to be there for the 11th. And obviously the two guys were highlighted off the top of the show, Pod Coles and, and Holglander would be in that group. Um, you know, and then, you know, you also had, you know, Joshua and Oman in there, uh, who are guys that want to be everyday players. So I guess if I was going to look at one thing, I, I would, would be hoping that those players um, might've shown a bit more. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, I'm not going to overreact to, to that game. I'm more interested in the dynamics that led to this because, like, Calgary, but like, they put their foot on the gas at the, when they announced their lineup. I was like, that feels like a lot of NHL regulars for a first preseason game. And then yeah. they quickly decided that they were going to run up the score. Like, there was no stopping them. They were mm-hmm. scoring early, often, and late. Well, point differential matter, matters in the preseason. I so. suppose, yeah. Goal, yeah. goal differential is a big thing in the exhibition <laughs> season. I like, when, okay. When you're prepping for this and you see what's coming down the pike with both lineups, are you kind of thinking, mm-hmm. hmm, this is a recipe for disaster? A little bit. I mean, so in a game like this where, um, you know, we're the only broadcast, uh, we're broadcasting into both markets. Right. You usually do a home team interview after one, and then you do a road team after two. And, you know, I knew that I was going to be talking to Tomlinson after two, and so with the producer, he's like, so should we do a, you know, do you want to do the walk-off where you're upstairs in the booth? And I, and I kind of was like, are we sure that we're going to get a walk-off after two tonight? Right. Looking at these lineups, right? Like, honestly, you're like, I don't know what the score is going to be. Um, so you're kind of preparing for disaster. This is not unusual. Um, you know, usually teams dress pretty solid lineups in the preseason on home ice, right? For right. their exactly. the people that buy tickets, mm-hmm. right? So you put your guys out. That's why I'm kind of interested to see what the Canucks do here Wednesday, Thursday, that's back-to-back road games, Edmonton and Seattle. I would assume that they'll send a few more veterans, some of the better players, into Edmonton <laughs> and that let, let the young guys deal with, you know, customs and all that on the one-day trip to Seattle the next day. Um, but I, I'm, I'm going to uh, venture a guess also that it's not going to be the same lineup we saw in Calgary. They're going to put some more of uh, the impact players in. Um, but it is, it is a little bit weird that they have three road games to start um, so that really tells me the final three games of the preseason, I'm guessing that we're going to see like basically 
the majority being the lineups we're going to see or very close to that uh, come the 11th of October. Do you know if there's ever any communication between the coaches of the two teams in the exhibition season? Like, the Canucks have two games against the Oilers in the preseason, two games against Seattle, and two games against Calgary. Are there any conversations to those guys and just be like, hey, what kind of lineup are you dressing? Just just so we know. Because I'm sure, like, Edmonton wants... Edmonton's got a, I mean, they're on a mission this season. I'm sure they want to have at least one game where they're going to bring close to a full lineup and just make sure that everything is ready to roll. I could be off on that, but I, I would imagine I, that, right? Yeah, I don't think there's conversation. I do think that um, a lot of times these coaches, they kind of set their lineup the night before and, um, you know, some sometimes you're privy to the lineups because you want to prepare for the game as a broadcaster. So sometimes we are uh, seeing what the lineup would be like the night before or early in the morning, the day of. Um, and so once, you know, media members uh, that are broadcasting the game get their hands on it, I'm guessing it kind of can sometimes seep through to the other team. Um, so they'll have an idea of what's being dressed, but I, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I doubt that Huska and Talkett uh, spoke uh, about what they were going to dress and what they were going to send um, prior to that game. I, I certainly haven't heard of that before. I could be totally wrong. Um, but I think that these guys kind of get an idea before it's, it's going to happen. And, you know, I think that, you know, during the regular season, even there's more, you know, I think coaches want to know what the other line is going to be, especially when it comes to, if they're addressing a bunch of, uh, you know, what, what did, uh, towards calling idiots, they put their idiots out there, <laughs> right? Uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I think, I think that that's a little more crucial once you get the regular season, but in the preseason, it's usually pretty well known that, you know, on the road in the first game, it's going to be a lot of rookies for the road team and for the home team, they're going to address, you know, players that the fans want to see. So how do you think Talkit is going to address the remaining five games in the preseason? How many games do you think he'll dress close to a full lineup? Just just because we all know how important the start is for the Canucks. And I would imagine that he, he wants at least one or two games where he's got a pr- close to a full lineup just so he, th- he knows that everyone yeah. is on with the system and the structure, et cetera, et cetera. I would say probably two. Right, and, and, and maybe like two and a half. Like maybe the game in Abbotsford, it's not the full uh, complement of players uh, that you're going to see come opening night. But I think the two home games, uh, certainly um, that are at Rogers Arena, I think those ones, uh, and, and the last one being one that you'll see pretty much uh, you know, what we're going to see on opening night. Um, I, I think you have to, to do it that way. I think you need to get Demko some reps in, some game reps in as well. So I would think he would start at least two, maybe play two and a half. Uh, but these are questions that, you know, after a night like last night um, and considering all the, you know, the narrative and rightly so about the start to the season uh, and just the way these guys have shown up early and skated for a few weeks before camp. Uh, apparently it was, a, you know, I was there, but you know, I take the word for it. It was a very purposeful camp, a teaching camp. I think that uh, you know the necessity is to get um, pretty much what you're going to see on opening night for two games at minimum and maybe three. The Canucks, uh, their final preseason game is October 6th at home against Calgary where they're going to be looking for revenge. Uh, but then they have a few days off. They don't actually start the regular season until October 11th against the Edmonton Oilers. And it makes me think about what they're going to do with Mikheyev. Did Mikheyev ever show up to training camp? Because I know he had a, he got a few days off, but for personal reasons. Yeah, uh, but there's a lot of. There, it just seems like it just seems like it's completely up in the air because um, 
We don't know if he's going to play any preseason games. In fact, it's been reported that that's unlikely to throw him into the lineup on October 11th. Yeah, it's, it's going to be hard. Yeah, I and, and I think that's going to leave a pretty big hole in the Canucks lineup, to be perfectly honest well, with you. No question. And just so not, like I didn't see Mikheyev in Victoria, um, you know, after the first day announced that he was not going to be there for personal reasons. And then the next day, so that would have been Friday, Tockett said maybe he'll be here Saturday. Uh, but the C group, so that the two main groups were skating at the Save on Foods Memorial Center. Uh, the C group was in a squamalt at a totally different ice surface. So there's a chance that he could have been there mm-hmm. on Saturday, but I didn't hear any mention of it. Um, considering that he hasn't played since, you know, what was it, March or late February, uh, and he didn't skate with the main group prior to camp, he didn't skate with the main group at camp, and we're, you know, what, 17 days away from the home opener. I, I, mean, I can't see it. You know, I, I don't envision a scenario in which he's playing on October 11th. I could be wrong, but you are right. You know, that he is one of the very few that bring that speed element when healthy to a lineup that desperately needs it. And uh, he is one of the very few. Uh, they've added a few more, though, that uh, has the chops to kill penalties. Um, so uh, there would be a, a massive hole. Um, and I, I don't like, so if they do have to put him on LTIR, well, that's, that's ten, what ten games and twenty four days. I think you can backdate it. I, so I it thought I read that somewhere. Days. So you actually because you can backdate it to last season. So I don't okay. know if you're obligated to keep them out that long. Um, so I'm, I'm not the rules expert. Like Drance, yeah. I'm sure knows. We can just ask him. Yeah. But like, yeah. I'm not sure it's exact. I think you can backdate the LTIR to to last okay, year. So you could bring him when he's ready. Uh, we're assuming that at this point. So yeah, let's yeah, let's go I, with that. I, we I, might I, be just making this I, up, but who knows? Yeah, I can't see. A, I don't see a scenario in which he's playing on the 11th of October. That's me. So who That's fills that? Answer. Who fills that that spot? Because I think you know a lot of people have looked at the 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 roster and said, okay, PD and Kuzmenko are going to be together, and maybe they'll play with Beauvillier, and then JT Miller and Brock Besser seem to be a pair, and without yeah. Mikheyev, Pot Colson was in that spot for training camp. Things have not gone well for Pot Colson at training camp, and they certainly didn't go well last night in Calgary. So I don't know who fills in in that spot. Some people might say Garland, but he's been with Suter a lot. Yeah, and uh, you know that's the pair on that line uh, that they that they've used. You know, it's been Hoaglander at camp uh, with Pedersen and Kuzmenko, kind of seemed like the placeholder for Mikheyev. You know, I don't know if that is a feasible option for Tockett. I think he's going to give it a look uh, when he puts those guys in the lineup. Uh, so maybe he will get uh, a game or two to prove that he can or cannot be in that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I, I think you have to worry more about your first line than you do about your third line. If that means taking Garland off of Pew Suter, uh, you know, as a pairing, then you have to do it. Right. Um, but I would expect that, you know, they're going to give Hoaglander a little bit of luck there when they do play Pedersen and Kuzmenko uh, in a game because uh, they know it's you know, probably better than we do whether or not you know, Mikheyev is available or how long it's going to be before he is available to play. Do you think Rick Tockett and the coaching staff know exactly who they want to skate with Quinn Hughes? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Like I, 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 I've, I've wondered that so many times myself. Like what? Who is who is best suited to be there? Considering you know, Tockett has often said, 
he likes lefty righty, right? He doesn't really want guys playing their offsides. Well, do we think it's going to be Myers? You know, I, I, it, the, the results in the past haven't been great when those two have been together. Um, I, I kind of believe it's going to have to be two guys. Uh, you know, first off, I think they need to find a partner for him long term, someone that can play you know close to the same amount of minutes he's going to play at five and five. I don't think they have that yet. It might have to be two guys that do that. If Quinn's going to be playing you know, upwards of 25 a night and, you know, what 20 of that is, is that even strength? Um, so that I think is one giant question mark for me. Uh, you know, Quinn is going to be fine he's going to make whoever plays with mm-hmm. him look decent. Uh, but I think, you know, if you're going to have Heronic, uh, uh, you know, kind of leading your second pair and Quinn, your first, I think you really need to log down uh, who these guys are going to be playing with because you need that consistency. Um, and, you know, in a perfect world, to be a, a guy kind of like a Chris Tanner. <laughs> um, but uh, there aren't many of those guys out there, right shot Ds that are, you know, uh, you know there's, there's more right shot Ds that, uh, that are offensive type of players. There aren't too many that are more defensive type players. So uh, I think this is going to be, you know, one of the big things that Alvin is going to have to look to, to do. I think they're fine to start the season right now with who they have, but they're going to have to find the best partner for him and uh that might end up being two people to start uh before we let you go i do have to ask you one question about your new team so you've got uh obviously everyone's loves and is gonna miss cheech but the replacements yeah. now dave tomlinson and ray ferraro and shorty's back and you're back as well uh what's the crew like i know that you've worked with these guys before how excited are you work with them this season yeah i know i mean i've always thought that uh you know as far as entertainment wise goes and uh, getting the chuckle cheech has always been one of the best. Um, I think that uh, in my mind in television, I think Ferraro uh, for quite some time now has probably been the best uh, color analyst there is. You know, he might be on par with a couple others, but I've always thought that it, it, whenever I watch radio broadcasts, I learn something, mm-hmm. right? And I was usually entertained learning something. So I think he's a great addition. And I also, you know, with Tomlinson, uh, he's, he's, you know, covered this team before he's been an analyst. He knows the market, he knows the team. And I think that that's important, uh, when you have someone, uh, from Vancouver covering the Canucks, because mm-hmm. he knows the history, he knows the ins and outs, he knows, you know, the highs and lows. Um, and I think that, that when you're, you know, he's going to, I don't know how many games he's going to end up doing 45 or 50, but when you're doing that many games, uh, to have a clear understanding of the market and the team and the history is super, super important. So I think Dave brings a lot of that element to the broadcast. Do we know if Ray is going to be with Shorty or is he going to be between the benches? I believe a little bit of both. Cool. I think he's going to do some games between the benches. Um, but I also think, uh, I don't think he does any games until November. I haven't seen the full sked or I haven't taken a close look at it. Uh, but I do believe there uh, are some scheduled where he will be between the benches. Murph, thanks for this, bud. We appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the week and uh, hopefully a better exhibition game next time out. <laughs> Go Hawks. <laughs> we want 11. We want 11. Okay. I'll talk to you. See, Murph. Thanks. That's uh, Dan Murphy, Sportsnet's very own here on the Halford & Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. Yeah, I hope they use this as fuel because that's what I would do. <laughs> I would fuel. Yeah, I'd take it as a personal affront. I'd be like, look, we had an understanding. There was a gentleman's agreement. I'm mm-hmm. big on I'm big on unspoken gentleman, gentleman's agreements in sports, right? Well, like, there wasn't a gentleman's agreement, apparently. But there should have been. It should have been an unspoken agreement. Like you know, for, you know that you know the flames are. Uh, they don't really care 
what happens to the Canucks. That's bad. Right? Bad mojo, man. Bad mm-hmm. mojo. I'm telling you. So like we had they, they've got they've had they've had their own problems that they're trying to overcome and they're trying to they're trying to get the vibe back in Calgary. Um, it was too much of a Daryl vibe last season. <laughs> It's fine, but it's, yeah, the pre- yeah. it's the preseason. The first, the first game under Ryan Huska, though, you go out and score 10 goals. Like, I hope now that this has happened, I hope the Flames completely implode. Yeah. Like, I hope. Well, they, they were lose. feeling pretty good after game one against the Oilers, too. In the I, yeah, Alberta. right. I hope they lose all their games. I hope everyone gets injured. I hope Markstrom continues to fall apart. I, I hope- saying poor Daryl. You know, you get removed from the equation, and then all of a sudden everything's better. How do you think that makes him feel? I hope they have to fire Huska after 15 games. (laughs) I hope everything goes back. I want all the bad things in the world to happen to the Calgary Flames right now. Right? I'm like the haters ball for Calgary. Because they shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't. So we got a text in to the Dunbar Lumber text line. It's so obvious Mikheyev needs to be with Miller and Besser. They absolutely need him to be even remotely good defensively. Um, The Mikheyev... I know people are like, oh, classic Vancouver media going to make a big deal about Mikheyev not going to be ready in time for the preseason. He's an important part of this team. Yes. All of a sudden, you look at that top six, if Mikheyev isn't ready to go for game one, and you're like, okay, well, who's going who's gonna to play there? Who's going to play with Miller and Besser? If you want to put Beauvillier with Petey and Kuzmenko on the top line, do you take Garland off that third line and put him with... Uh, Miller and Besser, okay, well, how does that make your third line look then, right? Then right. do you have, like, Suter between DiGiuseppe and, God, I don't know who's going to be on that line. I wonder if a guy like Baines might get a chance. I'm not even joking. Archie Baines didn't didn't play um, last night. And, that, and I think he earned the right not to be involved in that debacle because yeah. play, he's played well. I think yeah. they have aspirations for him. If you didn't play last night, that was a good sign for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> smelling like roses. Yeah, like if you if you got to uh, not be involved in that debacle, every that, prospect who didn't play last night should like m- be sure to like share that. Yeah, well, I didn't play last night, but it looked pretty hard for the boys. I, you put it on your resume at this point, like <laughs> you know things. Uh, I have experience in cashier work. Also, I did not play in the ten nothing loss in Calgary. Like that's a big experience. Thing. Not losing ten nothing. Yeah, I don't know what it feels like. I'm never going to know what it feels like. That's a good thing to do. Okay, we got a lot more to get into on the show. Uh, what we learns are coming up. We're going to do ours. You're going to do yours. Send yours in. Dunbar Lumber text line is six fifty six fifty. There should be an onslaught into the Dunbar Lumber text line of what we learns because a lot of stuff happened this weekend. I noticed. Um, the theme in college football on the weekend was coaches voicing their displeasure about disrespect. Mm-hmm. So it was Ryan Day, the head coach of Ohio State, was mad at Lou Holtz, who apparently is still a thing, had no idea. <laughs> and then it was the Washington State head coach. His name is escaping me at the moment, but he was upset and at Lee what Corso. Lee Corso had to say. And they got to you know be on the podium or at the center field post-game media availability and just went off. So we, mm. maybe we can play some audio from there as well. But anyway, point being, a lot of stuff happened this weekend, some of which we haven't got to. So if you want to weigh in, hashtag it WWL. What did you learn over the last 72 hours in sports? Let us know. It's your chance to be on the radio. That's coming up next on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People's Show with Big Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. 
It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. On the show. 8.33 on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. So, like, sometimes I like to imagine that it's a Monday. Everyone's got a case of the Mondays. It's pouring rain outside. You're stuck in traffic. You're late for whatever. It's just miserable, right? Mm-hmm. And then this song comes on. Yeah, it's nice. Physically impossible to be miserable when this song is on. You can't. You can make up your own lyrics as it goes along. There we go. We lost 10 nothing. We're also joking at the break because now uh, the emails are coming in from all the NHL clubs announcing their trimmed down rosters. Okay. We said the Canucks can make a real statement right now if they just cut everybody that played last night. (laughs) The Canucks have uh, cut 20 players today. (laughs) There's just a thing in your locker. It's like there's two notes, and one is. Did you play last night? And then you unfold, the, and it's like if you did, you're cut. The plane back from, yeah, yeah. from Calgary yesterday just landed in Abbotsford. Didn't even yeah, go, yeah. didn't even go to yeah. YV. And some of you will be transferring to Kalamazoo. <laughs> you don't even get to go to Abbotsford. <laughs> oh, you think you're going to Abbotsford? No, 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 no. How, no, how did they no, cut no. guys in Major League? The movie with the pink slip. No, it was the red card in your locker. Yeah, wasn't it? Well, it was a pink card or a red was it card. A, yeah, do you, yeah, you, yeah. You've seen the movie, obviously. Long time ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You should and watch so, it again. and some some Joker. Mm-hmm. Put one in uh, Rick Vaughn's locker. I like that spirit, Vaughn. Yeah. Just one problem. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Halford and Breath in the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. It is what we learn time. Uh, hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound, real estate appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Okay. What we learned. Uh, Jason, I'm going to throw you on the spot, but I know you're ready to go. Uh, you're going to do something. You are bringing more and more people into the Rugby World Cup than oh, anybody I know. I don't know if I am. My mom said the other day, a diehard listener of the show, she's like, Jason seems like he's really into this Rugby World Cup. And I was like, yes, he is. Now you It's have- a pretty big event, and I know that rugby doesn't get a lot of attention on the airwaves, so I figured I would do it. You're the rugby um, guy. So there were two things that I learned um, this weekend at the Rugby World Cup, and number one, the national broadcaster for the Rugby World Cup has no idea what it's doing okay. because they didn't even decide to put the biggest game of the group stage, and that was Ireland at South Africa or Ireland versus South Africa. Okay. Uh, that was on the not, not even on regular TV, but it's a good thing they played a replay of The Amazing Race. Wow. I think a they lot went of people probably want over... to watch that. So. Yeah. The biggest game of the group stage, mm. not aired. That's a bummer. Not aired on regular TV. Okay. And what else happened? Uh, and the other the other thing I learned is that things are not going well for Australian rugby. Now, they have a manager by the name of Eddie Jones. And if you're a rugby fan, you know who Eddie Jones is. And we actually played some media from Eddie Jones or some audio from Eddie Jones uh, right before the World Cup. I don't know if you were on that show. That were was, you? That was with your best friend, Jamie Dodd. Oh, it was with Jamie Dodd. Yeah. And anyway, That's it was, why it was Eddie Jones yeah. basically saying like, oh, Australian media, you guys are all down on Australian rugby. Yeah, we're struggling, but you just watch us at the Rugby World Cup. Uh, things are not going well for Australia at the Rugby World okay. Cup. They lost to Fiji, and then they got bombed by Wales after or, or, or over the weekend. So their problem, this is, this is a country that's won the Rugby World Cup 
twice. Yes, they are one of good the at rugby, yes. elite nations in world, and they're probably not going to make it to the quarterfinals. Um, on top of all that, there were reports that broke that Eddie Jones had held a Zoom call with Japan about taking the Japan job, and he decided to do this during the Rugby World Cup, mm, which things are not going well. So he had a very interesting back and forth with a reporter where he's denying those claims. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. There it is. And he actually said that. like, He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. So the Australian media kept on uh, going at him, and here's how it went down. Um, Eddie, do you have a second interview lined up with the JRFU? I said I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Can you give Wallabies fans your absolute 100% commitment that you will not be coach of Japan next year? I'm committed to coach Australia. Next year? I'm committed to coach Australia. That's that doesn't sound very say. definitive, Thank Eddie. Thank you. Next question, please. We said one follow-up. I, I really take umbrage at the questioning that people are questioning my commitment to coaching Australia. I really take umbrage at it. Um, yeah, I've been working non-stop since I've come here, um, and I apologise for the results. I keep saying that. But to doubt my commitment to the job, I think, is a bit red hot. So we're not going to deal with any of those questions any further. So I'm happy to talk about Wales. I'm happy to talk about Portugal. If you want to keep going down that line, I'll excuse myself. So do you want to decide what you want to do? There's nothing better when a country that... Or there's nothing juicier than when a country that really identifies with a certain sport is failing badly at that sport. Mm-hmm. Like that's what happens when Canada screws up at a big hockey tournament, right? Yep. The inquest begins. The inquest begins. Everyone from Australia laughing at clips of yeah. you know, Canadians. By the way, the only thing I kept thinking when I heard that clip was, $900 it is. Moo cow. We should we should we should have like a clip of I don't know what you're talking about, mate. <laughs> That's, that is a good response, right? Because it's friendly at the end. Did you hear Talkett say after last night's game? He, I feel like Sean Payton here, yeah. and I was like, that was no. pretty funny, right? And I was I like, no. I don't know what you're talking about, mate. And I was like, no, you don't, Rick. No, you don't. <laughs> okay, uh, Laddie, Laddie, you got a what we learned? Yeah, it's actually a college football what we learned. Surprising. Laddie. I do want to mention the Yankees uh, not in making the playoffs this year, eliminated. I learned that over the weekend, which made me very happy. But my college football, what we learned, there was a band member at the Texas State-Nevada game in the Texas State Band who was kicked out and escorted out of the stadium because they threw a trident at one of the players on Texas State. Brick killed a guy. (laughs) Did you throw a trident? Yeah, there were horses and a man on fire, and I killed a guy with a trident. (laughs) So that was going down in college... College football they yesterday. For there's no video of the throw, but there's video of the <laughs> band member getting escorted out, holding their French horn or whatever he had, <laughs> and getting walked out of the stadium. So there you go. So in oh, case you're wondering, I did I did see this story. In case you're wondering, how did a band member come to possess a trident? The Nevada football team. You know how the teams all have like the props on the sidelines, like they have the interception chain or, you know, the the, the fumble recovery glasses. Well, they had it. It's like the Mariners have the, the trident in the dugout. So the they had run. a takeaway trident. Anytime they had a turnover, they'd get the trident. I guess one was gifted to the band. And then the band was like, we should use it for its intended purpose, which is to maim someone or stab someone. <laughs> Which seems a bit much. It was the best arm anyone in the band has ever showed. I was going to say. 
Did we sign that guy? Okay. All right, give us a mooka on that. Alfred, you got one. So, yeah, I learned that the Canucks were not alone in getting blown out this weekend. Uh, we talked about the Denver Broncos blowing out, or sorry, getting blown out by uh, the Miami Dolphins. Across the pond over in England in the Premier League, uh, Jason Bruff's beloved Newcastle United put an absolute thumping on Sheffield United. 8 0. <laughs> 8 0, including a late goal from Jonathan Isak to make it 8. I just want to play the audio because no one quite captures the emotions of a match yeah. like an English commentator. We just like accents today. That's true. We should overlay this over the Canucks highlights from yesterday. <laughs> I mean, this, okay. So, anyway, and also uh, Sheffield's manager's name is Paul Heckingbottom, which is funny. He sounds like he's from Gulliver's Travels or something. So, anyway, it all adds up to a great piece of audio. Here we are now. Newcastle, eight. Sheffield United, nil. Isaac's in here. This could be a chance for eight. Alexander Isaac is going to slip it in. And he has made it eight nil with four minutes to go. It's more poor defending. It is a horror show for Sheffield United today. And there's the full-time whistle. Shake of the hands from Paul Heckingbottom and Eddie Howe. Heckingbottom looks thoroughly deflated, as you can imagine. They plus should. his name is Hacking Bottom. I hate when yeah. my Hacking Bottom looks deflated. <laughs> I like, love English names. And here's yeah. Nigel Pamperbottom. Yeah. <laughs> Pamperbottom. We're just supposed to take him seriously. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder you lost 8 0. Um, I would love for Shorty to just embrace this one day. Because the best thing about the English is that it's very understated. There's the long dramatic pause, and then you can mm. just say the name, and then you can just say a word. So it would be like, talk it. Calamitous. <laughs> I love it. It's just a horror show. Yeah. Seeloff's disappointment. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that was uh, comforting to Canucks fans because look at it this way. Sheffield United and Denver both lost regular season games mm. in calamitous fashion. There are some awful teams in the premiership. Like yeah. the, the premiership is really showing its lack of parity early on this season because you got Man City that's 6 and 0 <laughs> already um, won the title. Liverpool's hasn't lost in in 6 games. Um and then the three teams that got promoted, Sheffield United, Burnley and Luton Town, <laughs> none of them have won a game. Yeah, yet. like Luton probably shouldn't have come up. They won the playoff and it was a nice yeah, story. Our stadium is not ready for this. They're really overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. They just don't have the financial wherewithal to fix the stadium, let alone fix the team. But I digress. That's a lot of rugby and soccer for this show. Moo cow. <laughs> and college football, our and three biggest hits. Football, yeah. Someone's like, All right. can you please put on the Canucks game? And Let's like, go into no, they lost 10 nothing. Can you put on the Canucks game? <laughs> they lost 10 nothing. I don't you know what you're talking about, mate. I'm going to have to work on my Australian accent. It wasn't too bad. Uh, Roy. $900, dudes. Oh, actually, you got to read. I do. Should I do it in the Australian accent? No, okay. don't. <laughs> what we learned is brought to you by Get Fire Plan, mate. <laughs> Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation at $200 off. Visit them online at getfireplan.com. Oh, my God! We're having a fire plan! I said I don't know what you're talking about, mate. It's basically the entire Australia Simpsons episode, all rolled yeah. up into one. Uh, Roy, with what we learned, we learned that Jet Wu is the most overhyped commodity since the McRib. Well, Jet some people Wu? will text in and be like, well, the McRib is actually quite good. Jet Wu had a terrible game last night. Overhyped awesome. commodity? Well, there was a lot of uh, was, hype. I don't think there was a lot. There was some. <laughs> we went from he a He had lot. a good finish to last season. You went and, from yeah, a lot to some real quick. 
There was like there's there was, a little bit. There's a little bit of hype. I would call it like cautious optimism. And now mm-hmm. it's a little bit. And now it's a yeah. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in at eight fifty three when there was no hype. What happened? Uh behind Jetwood. Uh Jeremy from Souk. What we learned, I learned that I definitely do not want to see Bruff's beloved uh, Juleson as uh, Quinn's defensive partner. So uh, last week, Bruff had in the notes, people laughed at me <laughs> when they said when I said that Noah Juleson could open as Quinn Hughes' partner. Well, because Tockett opened training camp with Juleson with Quinn Hughes, and he said, actually, um, you know, I liked what I saw from them in their limited time last season, and I really don't think... Talk it wants a lefty shot with Quinn Hughes. You know who else? You know what else he doesn't want with Quinn Hughes is Noah Juleson. Not after last night's game. Like that ship might may have sailed. Yeah. Uh, TJ in the Valley. uh, High marks here for this one. What we learned? I learned that Sheffield United will be at the heckin' bottom of the league (laughs) for the rest of the year. (laughs) TJ, there's no contest, but you won. You won what we learned. The Brain of Jay texts in what we learned. I am such a petty sports fan. The amount of joy I'm getting by witnessing the Russell Wilson Broncos implosion is almost embarrassing. Is Wilson's contract the worst one in pro sports? After yesterday's 50-point loss, I felt obligated to check in on a Broncos fan friend. Yeah, I I have some Broncos fans among my friend group. Likewise. And, um... It's been fun, right? Because a lot of them were excited for Russell Wilson. And I was like, he's done. Right. And then yesterday. And his ego is going to catch up with him. Yeah. Real. Can you, like, we need, to, uh, we need to understand how badly it's fallen for Russell Wilson. We need to back up and take a look at the big picture. Mm-hmm. When he was in Seattle, he was getting upset that he hadn't won an MVP. He was talking about his legacy, thinking about his legacy. When he went to Denver, he talked about winning not one Super Bowl, mm-hmm. multiple Super Bowls. Yeah. I know. I'm I'm right there with you. He This was, is the best breakup I've ever had. He went to nine Easily. He went easily. To, he went to nine Pro Bowls. The best he part of the game yesterday in Seattle yeah. was on the Jumbotron. Oh, when they showed the score. They said, <laughs> in case anybody's wondering or cares. <laughs> The Denver Broncos have lost 70 to 20 to the Miami Dolphins and the crowd just goes nuts. Question. I felt I felt like I I feel like I sold my Briax stock right before the collapse. Good Briax reference. That's yeah. a dated timely, one. isn't it? <laughs> we have any Enron yeah. references we can jam into the show I as well. I feel like I sold Nortel right before it went down. Question for the group. I understand that reference. It- Question for the group. In light of the fact that we dealt with so many blowouts and the controversy and what's the proper protocol and uh, classiness and whatever, the Denver Broncos had a chance at the end of that game to kick a field goal to get 73 points and set a record. The Dolphins did, not the Broncos. Sorry, the Dolphins. um, Had a chance at the end to kick a field goal and get 73 points and set the record. Regular season, most points ever in an NFL game. They chose not to do it. Do you agree with that, or do you think they should have gone and gotten the record? Ben, go. You go get the record. Right. You're already at 70. Like, what are we saying here? Like, where where do you draw the line? See, if I, at that I, point- I, I disagree. Okay, I disagree. Jason. I just don't think you... I, I think just just take a knee. Which There's no did. reason to try and get a record. Who cares? 
That's like, a, who that's cares pretty, if you get a record? It's a pretty cool record to have. I though. say go for it because it's all, be, it already stings for the other team. How does this sting anymore? The three more points on the board. I don't. He's think taking that pity on them can, even more of a sting. Yeah, I think so. That's Playing down wanted, exactly. Well, right, like right. in basketball games, you don't you dribble at the ball at the end of the game when you're up by like whatever, and the yeah. game's over. Yeah. But if you have a chance to score the most most points mm. ever in an NBA game, yeah. maybe you go for it. Let's why not? Why not just bank some goodwill? That's what the Calgary history. Flames should have done. Like what the it's Calgary? Just, who cares? Like who? Who honestly? Who cares about the record? I just think it's a cool record to score. The well, well, I think the record's going to be broken soon anyway. Like look at the, the trending in, in the NFL. You know, you know like who didn't way. care about the record was Mike McDaniel because he was asked about it yeah, afterwards. Who cares? He's like, he's like, I don't care. Yeah. But I, I have time for the argument that well, you you ran it up to seventy. Why, Why didn't stop you stop now? at 50? Why didn't you stop at 50? You were very comfortably in the well, lead. Well, they kind of did because Tua wasn't in anymore, was it? But Mike White came in. And they were moving Well, the Mike White is just like, it's Mike White's time now. <laughs> Mike White's going to hand off the ball a lot. They're still uh, making a big chunks of yardage. Basketball, Phil, what we learned, the Apple Cup is going to be must-see this season. Both quarterbacks should be considered for the Heisman. Sure hope it isn't the last one, the last Apple Cup. Um, yeah, there's a long way to go before we can conclude that the Apple Cup is going to be a big one. The Huskies have a lot of tough games coming up. Okay. And for college football, you never know when you're going to get tripped up. Like, I've watched a lot of Husky seasons where it's like, oh, things are looking great. And then they go down to, like, Arizona, Mm -hmm. where they've got to go this week, and they inexplicably lose. Right? That's the thing about college football. If you want to be in the race for national title, some teams aren't allowed – any losses. Yeah. You maybe get one loss. You maybe get one. I was watching that untold Swamp Kings on the Florida Gators. Mm-hmm. And it's the one thing it does really well is shows how much pressure college kids, especially that group. Look at under. Clemson. Yeah. Did you like Clemson's two and two? I don't know if you watched yeah. their game the against Florida over. State. It's done. Yeah. Right? And well, they, the, they were saying they're going into these games where everyone, like Ole Miss, is just dying to get after you. And you're like, we have to win because we lose one game and our season is completely ruined. It was the Ohio State-Notre Dame game on the weekend. Yeah, it's right. Like, it's a six versus nine. And it's like, okay, you're both undefeated. Whoever loses, you got no chance <laughs> Season's anymore. over. You're done. It's September and your season is over. Uh, Marcus and Gibson's it. with a what we learned. I learned Broncos versus Jets was the matchup we all wanted before the season, but now I'd rather watch the Elks and the Stamps than those two tire fires. Yeah. Were people really excited about the Broncos, though? Did they think... Like, did they think that Sean Payton was well, going to no, make but that, that big game, a difference? Because it was going to be Aaron Rodgers. There was going to be the Nathaniel Hackett. Sure, and yeah, all that. Guess, right? yeah. uh, Kirk, the unemployed practice. <laughs> By the way, do you think Nathaniel Hackett is like, I cannot catch a break? Yeah. <laughs> There's no shadden for it. Like, he can't even take, like, glee in the fact that Denver's a tire fire because his team is like, he's like, this is also terrible. He's like, I got to maybe do something else with Now I got to design some plays for Zach Wilson. Yeah. Like, he should just quit and go play pickleball or something. Uh, Kirk, the unemployed cracker factory worker. Hashtag WWO, what I learned. What I learned is that the LA Kings and Arizona Coyotes played knifey spoony down under. Another good Australia reference in the NHL Global Series. Yeah. The ice didn't hold up too well down there. Unfortunately, Kirk continues, for the Coyotes' Ole Levy, he did not get the Scotty Upshaw free PTO trip. This is a very deep cut here, but a few years ago, Upshaw signed a PTO with the Canucks when they made their trip to China. He got a free trip to China, came back, and then signed a deal with St. Louis. And everyone was like, did you just sign the PTO to get a vacation? Right, yeah, yeah. I thought you, Levy, was doing the same thing, but mm-hmm. I think what happened was Arizona signed like 13 guys to PTOs to stay behind and play while they played three games in one day. 
They just three preseason. They games. just played a ton of yeah. Laddie played for them. How'd it go? I got a shutout. Nice. That's great. <laughs> uh, of all the teams in the league to have to spread their talent across three teams, this is a great. That was hand. a great goal by Logan Cooley, though. Yeah, Ooh. he looks like he's a player. Whew. Yeah. Uh, this is from Jamie, formerly the Squamish contractor, now in Armstrong. Hey, tighten up that handler, Jamie. Hashtag WWO, what we learned. What I learned, George Springer is really good. He made more outstanding plays in the first three innings of the Jays game yesterday than most people do all season, including an inside-the-park home run. Does he have uh, experience in like clutch situations? Or that's something? my kid's favorite ball player, and it always catches yeah. people off guard when they ask. Because every kid, it's like Otani, Judge... Acuna. He's a former World Series MVP. Yeah, and then if it's a J, most of them either like Vladdy or Bo Bichette, right? They're the cool young guys. But yeah, my kid's favorite ball player, George. Your Spiker. kid's a hipster. People, people are curious now yeah. about uh, Sheffield United. Someone yes, texted in, do we know how people choose to be Sheffield United over Sheffield Wednesday supporters? I well, think depends what day of the week you're probably, born. <laughs> do you know what? The only, I've seen one premiership game, it was Arsenal at Highbury and they played Sheffield Wednesday and it was hilarious because I was first, I was close to this uh, the when, the Sheffield Wednesday supporter section yeah. so you'd hear them cheering like come on Wednesday and like that's a day of the week <laughs> it's not Wednesday at all yeah um, I think it's the western part of Sheffield mm-hmm. is Sheffield Wednesday and the eastern part is Sheffield United right I think I'm looking at the map. Or it's just Catholics versus Protestants. Who knows? That's the easiest way to do it. (laughs) All right. We got to get out of here for today, but we will be back tomorrow. Signing off, I have been Mike Alford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been Basketball Ben. He's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.